straight. Yeah, man. Great. Hey, man. It's good to see you, man. Hey, good seeing you too, bro. Yeah, man. It's been it's been a while for sure. Hell yeah. It's been a it's been a real long time. Yeah, man. Back in uh, the old Torf days. Oh about... man. <laughs> man. <laughs> feels like it was that feels like that was so long ago. Really? I mean, it 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 was a while, but it feels really like it was yesterday. I was just talking with Jamal and right. My man, yeah, you know? like a lot of us have kids now. I don't have any kids yet, but uh, mm. you know, I mean, we're at that age, so oh, for sure, yeah, for we're, sure, we're we're, def- but, we're we're definitely at that age because we're all in our thirties now. So it's like that's what yeah. that's what comes with it, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's yeah, just so crazy yeah. to think like we were just running running, running them uh Riverside <laughs> streets, man. <laughs> we we really were, man. That time was it was just different, man. It, you know, we was yeah. out of for sure. So to get to times, Austin man. and not know about it and just like just experiencing it, just all of us just for like the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Time. You know, I I mean, this was back in, man, at least 2012, somewhere around there. Yeah. Like 2011, 2012, 2013 time frame. So I was I had only been here like two years at that point. And now it's 11 years now, it's 12 years. So. <laughs> Crazy. Time flies, yeah, man. Time, time yeah, flies. Man. Well, what's going down? What's going down? It's your boy T. Cole. <laughs> and this is the Outnumbered Effect podcast. So this episode has been a long time coming. A lot of these episodes, it take, I don't know if you guys know, but it, it takes time to plan as far as schedules go. And like he is not the only one that I've had some scheduling conflicts or had to reschedule. Like this is probably gonna be like our, <laughs> our fourth. Maybe like fifth attempt for this episode. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it might it might have been a little bit more, honestly. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I care like though. I'm just modest. happy. To, I'm I'm happy. I finally got you on. Got my man, you, man. Fabian Wood. Yes, show man. Today, we're gonna be talking yes. about the D Wood Foundation. So why don't you let everybody yes. know uh, what's up with your foundation today? Yeah, man. Well, you know, definitely, man. Thank you for having me, man, for being persistent <laughs> and getting me on here. Um, you know, contrary to the scheduling conflicts, uh, I've, I've definitely been looking forward to coming on and talking with you, man, because, you know, as we mentioned, it's been too long, you know, so it's good to connect with you, man, for sure. Um, you know, a little bit about myself. I'm from Chicago, Uh Lived in Houston for a good majority of my life. Um, 2010, I moved to Austin, man. And, uh, you know, really just got in, engraved into the culture here and into just the spirit of giving and just community service. So uh, 2017, I started the D. Wood Foundation, uh, which is inspired after my mother, who passed from suicide in 2010. And, man, right before I actually moved here to Austin, um, so, yeah, man, you know, just really getting into the work of mental health awareness and suicide prevention, um, you know, really pushing a campaign of building a culture of support and just trying to, to bridge and uh, connect resources that, you know, I wish that we would have had during her time. So, yeah, man, that's that's kind of a nut, a very, very nutshell approach to what we do. But, yeah, so I'm definitely, uh, definitely sorry to hear about your mom. I, I didn't know that at all. Uh, so I so that was the, the purpose for the reason why for you to get this whole foundation started for suicide <clears throat> prevention. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, you know, um, you know, I was 19 when she passed. So this was 2010. 
uh, right before I moved here. And I'm not going to say that I immediately knew, like, man, I'm going to be running the D-Wood Foundation one day, you know, nothing like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just kind of knew, uh, you know, I just needed to, it was a turning point. It was a, um, a fork road, if you want to say, you know, where I needed to focus in. And fortunately, God had already put the, the pieces in place for me to come to Austin. I just had to, to take those steps necessary. Um, so, yeah, man, after, you know, just being here and getting one of the best jobs I could possibly had, you know, I still find myself unhappy and just wasn't in a good space for where I knew that I wanted to be. Um, so I just started thinking, you know, about different approaches and, um, you know, I started thinking about my mother a lot and a lot of times, man, you know, there'd be many nights she would be on the phone, having conversations with people, just smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee, you know, kind of thing. So I, I really, I just wanted to, to keep her heart to help and um, to be uh, a community support and just a pure support person. Uh, I just want to keep that going. Man. Yeah. That, that, that's really something. Uh, quick, quick thing real quick. I think your mic is like, it's like rubbing against your beard. Oh, you, is it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can like Probably move is. it a little bit. So right, that won't happen. Right. I don't know. There we yeah, go. They hear everything. <laughs> Y'all for sure. For sure. I, and I'm using these 1825 plug-in headphones. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's sad because like when you think about it, uh, you know, we've been using like headphones for like years, you know what I mean? And then like everything just went over to Bluetooth and like people look at you crazy if you have like wired headphones now and it's like, hey man, like right. this is what I got. <laughs> this is what I got. You know what I mean? And it's just and so common now because like back in the day, you know, uh, uh, you get a pair of Bluetooth headphones and you definitely spending like $80, $90. But now they're selling them for like 15 Like the battery might not be right. uh, worth a worth damn or sound quality might be worth a damn. But they're like, hey, right. you want to be wireless? Got you. <laughs> we got you. Oh, you can get wireless. You can get wireless. You ain't lying. <laughs> Even if it's for like a week and a half, you can get wireless. <laughs> nah, that nah, five but, uh, and below. nah, nah. That, nah, that, that's big facts. That's big facts. But uh, going back to what you were saying about the about the whole uh, foundation and uh, just the way you were feeling, it's really dope that you started this because mental health in the black community is something that, you know, we really didn't talk about growing up. I don't know how it was for you growing up, but it wasn't something that I heard about growing up. It wasn't something that my parents were like, hey, you know, take time for yourself or do this and that. I really honestly haven't started just taking care of myself mentally and having those days for myself, honestly, probably within the last six years or so, trying to uh, yeah. start to go into therapy, stopped, about to start going back next week again, just found a black therapist. So nice. that was something nice. that I was wanting to do. So I'm going to try her out, see how she is, yeah. not move around. But I'm like, man, I really want a black therapist this time. Cause yeah, for I sure. One last time, you know, oh, yeah. and, That's wonderful. you know, we are, our parents, teach us so many things growing up and the whole mental health aspect and just taking care of yourself mentally, like not only just, you know, financially, physically, spiritually, that mental peace is just so big. And when we hear about, when we heard about therapy back in the day, you think that only people that are going to therapy are, are crazy people, you know, or, you know, you mm -hmm. got family problems, you know, uh, you know, right. family going through a divorce or something like that, but it was never really like, a positive thing that was shown to us in the black community telling yeah. us, Oh, you know, you should go 
You know, it's always good to take time for yourself, you know, talk things through with a a non-biased, with a non-biased party. Uh Just just let it all out, Uh man. It's it's important. It's important for everybody to go. Even if you don't need it, you never know. Just going might just spark something for you at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, it definitely doesn't hurt if you try it. You know, you're not going to lose anything, you know, out of it. If anything, you'll gain from it, even if it's just that, you know, a runoff experience. Um, you know, I think, you know, echoing a lot of what you're saying, you know, where, it, you know, our parents' era and just kind of our, our age, too, when going to therapy meant you had a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you, you had a problem or not, you know, everybody can utilize uh, a, a therapist or a counselor or, or a peer support person. You know, somebody, as you mentioned, that non-biased, unbiased ear that can be objective with you, right? Uh, but some people may not be looking for uh, intervention, right, or um, understanding of what they're dealing with. Some people might be looking for guidance and, you know, just a little maybe in the ear of somebody who who is is objective with them right who they trust and support so you know it, it's just so many different layers to to it all um i personally believe that mental health and wellness is a three-layer approach right um it starts for our community with engagement education and awareness uh then you shift that into treatment into um healing right and then you move into empowerment and into advocacy and, you know, having people who want to support other people and be identified as, you know, just mental health advocates, you know, in the space. Uh, advocacy goes a long way, man. And, you know, lived experience is is going even further now than what it ever meant before. So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, when opportunity meets preparation, you know, as, as they say, um, you know, you got to see the opportunity for sure. Hey, no, that's real. I like how you broke that down. Just and honestly, that, that's how it is with life with certain things. You know, it's hard to, you know, how, you know what they say, uh, how you eat an elephant one bite at a time. They, that's oh. the only way. And, you know, the way you just broke down the, uh, the whole mental health, the whole mental health aspect for our community. You said youth and engagement, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Youth and engagement, because I see you have uh, you educate you know, people on empathy. I don't know. So this is just people of all Uh ages or this is uh, like high school kids, younger people. Want to talk a little bit about that with your uh, educated empathy series that you had? Yeah, yeah, I can. I can definitely brush on it. Um, So this educated empathy is a brain baby in design of one of my partners named Elliot Nyblatt. His vision for this was to to teach empathetic communication skills for people who um, work with kids. You know, um, there's a lot of situations where, um, you know, people uh, just don't understand how to communicate with people in a positive way or how to um, get something across or, or take in what somebody's dealing with um, and, uh, and not a competitive sense, right, and, and understanding how to communicate with them. So, you know, that is kind of where he started with it, and we've, we've kind of blossomed that out into people who work with people, right? Um, you can think of multiple sectors across the board that 
uh, empathy and having a sense of empathy and understanding how to communicate um, and having a whole skill toolbox of tools that you can use to communicate empathetically um, would completely change the experience, uh, you know, more specifically policing, right? And, you know, the, the police engagement and community engagement that they have, um, it just goes a long way. So educated empathy is about teaching that, that again, that empathetic commu communication skills and, you know, not just to other people, but also with ourselves. Um, he's very big on uh, how you communicate with yourself will, will trinculate into how you treat other people, right? Um, you know, they always say that you're, the voice in your head is your parents, right? Um, so, you know, how you talk to your kids in the morning and how you, how you treat them, um, even when you're tired, you know, goes a long way into their, to their mental psyche. So just being able to communicate empathetically. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that's real. Because at the end of the day, you think about it though, everybody likes to be communicated to differently and everybody receives messages differently so yeah. in all aspects of life doesn't matter what you're doing whether you're like working or you're at school or just different relationships in your life you just have to learn how people like to receive their information and mm -hmm. how you make them feel when you speak to them because yeah. certain people you know you can be just straight up just straightforward with them just just be blunt and you know they'll take it but some some people you kind of have to you know layer it up a little bit sugarcoat it you know mm -hmm hand deliver it to them instead of just throwing it at them and hey you better catch this <laughs> you know what i mean no, like this is sure. what i'm saying and you better get it but it's like you know this is what's going on how do you feel for about sure that? but it, it's such a deep it's such a deep thing man because you know we we all know about generational trauma and mm -hmm. you know all those things and you know you think about how um how mentally fatiguing life is for being an african-american right how it's been you know since day one here um and you you look at it you know is if you haven't addressed your own traumas and issues or to any degree or even come to understanding then it's going to be hard to show empathy for other people right um understanding the difference between sympathy and empathy is a huge thing mm -hmm. because a lot of times people think that you want sympathy when you're when you're really looking for somebody to empathize with you, you know, um, but how do you how can you sympathize with somebody who who you may be doing, you know, going through, you know, something worse or your own situation. So um, just under having that understanding, awareness is just such a big piece of it all. You know, um, you know, if you're not aware about what's going on or about different things and you're not you're not going to know how it's impacting you right now and what's happening. So you might go through life looking at it from a, a negative viewpoint, but you might not understand how, you know, um, all these different societal disparities and health disparities is causing a lot of the things that you're that's impacting. you. So maybe understanding these things will help you navigate differently, help you build education, you know, whatever that you need to to be able to coexist with what's going on. Um, but it starts with awareness, you know. No, absolutely. You know, being aware, being aware that you're not being kind to yourself and you're putting that out on other people. And you talked about that earlier, saying the <laughs> voice in your head is your parents and uh, the way you're speaking, especially with your kids. Even if you're tired, you know, it real trickles down to them mentally and everything. Yeah. too. And it does not being 
you know, <clears throat> not being kind to yourself and speaking negatively. And they say, you know, when you uh, say things out loud, you know, you put that, you put that energy in the air, you put that energy in the yep. air and uh, a positive, um, a positive things, you know, saying out loud to yourself, you know, the power is very strong, but then, you know, you think about saying something negative, it can be like 10 times stronger putting that out there yeah. in the atmosphere, you know? So being kind to yourself yeah. is a big, is a big part of that. And then one way you could definitely be kind to yourself is checking out some type of counseling, counseling or therapy, even if you don't think that you need it, you know, yeah. black people, we got some uh, PTSD, you know? Yo, for sure, for sure, for sure. We definitely need to to talk to somebody or somebody's or, you know, however uniquely, you know, you want to do it, you know, because therapy isn't for everybody, right? Um, mm-hmm. Some people have a good support network and they have objective relative ears that they that they trust, you know, so some people may not need that level. Some people might not have any companionship or any friendship, you know. Um, you know, I do a lot of work with youth and young adults, uh, more specifically in the college ranks, in the college age range. You know, you got kids coming to college. This is their first time, most of them living away from home. Um, this is their first time having to develop friendships that that kind of aren't placed. You know, you go to you go to school in, in elementary, high school, whatever the case is, because of naturally how geographics work and how that impacts um, how people interact with each other um, who are around each other. You're going to find friends. Right. But when you go out and you venture out into new spaces, how do you actually develop friendships and develop that social and emotional intelligence, you know, that you need to, to thrive? So a lot of times, you, you know, you just don't have that, especially in our community, you know. So um, really trying to to catch kids in that layer right there um, by providing peer services uh, which are basically essentially friendships, right? People who um, who have been through a training, who uh, understand mental health first aid and how to respond empathetically and how to uh, to just be a good friend and support person, you know? Because you can be a cool friend and but never be, you know, be a good supporter mm-hmm. of, you know, of the people around you, um, which really goes a long way, you know, as an adult, you know, as a, a 31 year old man now, almost 32. Um, I look at friendships differently, you know, um, everything has to be mutually beneficial period. And, you know, not just, it doesn't just have to be you giving or you taking, but it has to be mutually beneficial for everybody involved or it won't, it won't last even relationships. Um, so, you know, if it's not a mutual benefit, um, being somebody to be a friend, then, you know, we most likely just won't. You know, so that's a a big level for me. And within this peer support space, um, you know, people are able to benefit mutually from supporting one another and building the culture. Of support. The support system, the support system is very big uh, in life. You know, growing older, you know, especially some of us, our parents aren't around as much. And, you know, we're, we're navigating through life, different career changes, finishing school and, you know, each each level of your life is different than the last. And especially, you know, you're getting older, you're getting wiser, you're making different decisions, decisions that you never had to make before. And, you know, you mentioned uh, being, uh, thinking differently about friendships, getting older. And, you know, you, you wanted to be equal in a sense. And I'm going to call myself out because I had a friend a few years ago. He like, he like called me out. You know what I mean? He was just like, you know, uh, 
you don't ever ask about, you know, about me and like how I'm doing. Like, it's just about you. And I'm like, damn, bro. Like, I honestly, I didn't even peep that. Mm-hmm. And like, since then, I've gotten a lot better about that with him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes you you have those friends and like you guys just only just talk about this. And, you know, some, right, people, right. some people are more open, like they're, they're willing to just be like, hey, yo, this is what I got going on. What do you think about this? Where some people are just like kind of closed off and they're waiting for you to like ask them like, hey, are you OK? What's up with you? You know, is everything going OK with you right now in life? And sometimes that's just what people want. You know, they want that person close to them to ask them that question so they can kind of just, right. just just open up for you. Right. That's yeah. You know, I mean, that just simply asking questions like that, you know, show you care. But then, you know, what kind of questions do you ask, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it just all kind of goes back against that education and awareness component. Because, I mean, you know, we got we got tool, we got an immediate resource being Google right now, right? You could Google empathetic questions or, you know, um, open-ended questions, get-to-know-you questions, you know, and find good ways to uh, – so, you know, ask people how they're doing besides just asking, well, how you do, you know, how was your day? You know, those those kind of everyday questions, you know, just really being mindful. And I think that's a that's a huge piece to it all um, is curating mindfulness. You know, uh, in our community, I don't feel that mindfulness is taught in the way that it should be mm-hmm. um, is built. Right. Because it's, it's, it's a skill, you know, to be mindful. It's not something that you're born with. Um, you definitely have to to develop that skill of how to be mindful of yourself, of people around you, right, and what they might be going through, and not even you know knowing everything, but being mindful of cues of you know of what's happening around you. Um, I was always a mindful kid, you know, still a mindful, aware person to this day. Um, so I guess it was a little bit more common sense for me to adapt in my life. Um, but as you know, as you continue to to move forward and you look at all these different situations and, you know, you're just wondering, well, what is, you know, what are some of the the barriers that are here? And mindfulness, you know, is always one that you come back to, you know, um, using your your example, you know, um, what your friend was really asking you was to just be more mindful, you know, mm-hmm. of them, you know, and what's going on with that person. So you know, it's, it all kind of trickles down to a few core things. And that's one of them. No, absolutely. Cause sometimes, you know, life comes at you fast and sometimes you really just don't notice. You just kind of just, <laughs> just navigate in. And sometimes yourself, you're like, fuck, I'm going through it right now. Like I just yeah. don't care about anything else. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just trying to survive. Yeah. I'm just trying to survive right uh, now. hundred <laughs> percent, man. You know, I mean, you know, you like don't gotta, sometimes. you know, so it does, man. You know, I'm not an everyday friend. You know, I'm not an everyday person. Um, you know, I, you know, I see my family every day. That's really about it. You know, um, you know, people know who need to know that I'm here. If they need me for anything, you know, nobody's ever, you know, called me undependable, undependable. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, I've, I've just moved away. I was comfortable and genuine for me, you know, and that's just what works for me, you know. Um, but that self-awareness, you know, figuring out what works for you is a is a huge piece to it all you know as you know no absolutely um so i noticed and you talked about your your empathy series so i know you can choose an experience so you have the youth and engagement and ethical practices the professional mm-hmm. culture of empathy community engagement and then you also have a leadership development series 
Mm-hmm. Yep, all that under that one umbrella. That's dope, man. Just just very wide range helping out. I know with that youth and engagement through K through 12 schools, after school yeah. programs, family service providers. So when you say right. family service providers, you're finding childcare for some of these families. So so what it means is that you're working with these people who are in these spaces. Right. So you have tons of government agencies, city agencies, um, departments that are already working with kids, right, with these young adults. Um, what what his vision is, is each one of those layers that you just called out is it takes a different approach of empathy. Right. Um, ending and re-understanding empathy is is a general basis. But what for executive level when it comes to uh, to communicating with your staff? Right. That's going to be a different uh, conversation than than the uh than the healthcare worker or the social worker who's working with the child, right? That's a different kind of conversation. So it was really just just uh, kind of compacting it into different areas of focus um, for it all, for sure. That's dope that uh, that you guys actually have stuff like that for people. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, kind of going back to one of the, the things that I was uh, talking about being the peer support, peer support, um, what's now called a mental health peer support specialist and a recovery peer support specialist. Um, you even have a reentry uh, support specialist. Um, what this space is, man, is, is a first level uh, space into the mental health field where people with lived experience are encouraged and really demanded to come and uh, take this certification. So it's a, it's a national and state certification. Um, it's not cheap, but there's some resources to, to get it funded for you. Um, but you go through the certification, you become a specialist. And after you finish the required field hours, you can start operating as an independent peer support specialist. Um, you can, you know, build Medicaid directly for the peer support services. Um, and really what it, what it is, again, is being a, a level one friend, being somebody who is identified as a mental health advocate, somebody who hosts and, and runs workshops and small groups, and then provides one-to-one direct peer support services. So it's really, um, it's really a, I'm not going to say a new market, but it's unexposed to our community. So we found a lot of value uh, in real estate in that space of peer support, man. Um, so yeah, man, really just pushing this campaign of peer support, trying to get people introduced to peer support and, you know, there's a lot of layers uh, for people within peer support, but recovery and uh, reentry are are two huge areas um, where you just meet a lot of our people. That you know, it's really about meeting people where they are. You have way more ability to have more peer support specialists uh, in the communities and just in the neighborhoods than you do um, therapists and counselors and people who who even desire to go that far into the space. Uh, so yeah, that's that's really a, a new thing that we're tethering, and it's it's not just us, but um, what we're able to do is build a system where our platform uh, introduces these resources and opportunities, guides individuals through, and provides direct peer services to institutions like uh, Tillerson, um, to to institutions uh, like the YMCA's and just other places around. Uh, that can utilize peer services and what is what it's about. Yeah, that, yeah that's important. 
That, that, that's very important. Spreading that knowledge, spreading that knowledge to the youth. Um, so when you're teaching these classes, is it just you and your partner? Or do you have like a whole team team of people doing these events? So we so there's two there's two components when it comes to the service sector of what we do. Uh, you got one sector of educated empathy, uh, which is again Elliot Nye Black's uh, design and brain baby. Um, and when that is going on, we normally have volunteers. We have uh, peer support specialists involved um, into that process. And then you have our peer services, which are uh, peer support groups and one-to-one peer support services. Um, and that is typically ran by other peer support specialists that we have uh, in our network. So yeah, man, it's, it's really all ran and operated by peer support specialists and people who are mental health advocates and um, as a grassroots organization and kind of where our, our real estate is, uh, being peer led um, is a huge asset and the ability to organize peer led uh, uh, programming and events and, you know, different things like that um, is a huge asset. Yeah, it seems like, uh, I mean, it seems like it takes a lot to get uh, a foundation like this started off the ground. What was the most difficult thing that that it took to get this whole thing started? Oh, that's a great question, man. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> capital. <laughs> yeah. course, uh, you know, that's with anything, uh, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, money um, make the world go around. Money does make the world go around. Um, and you know, it, you know, you gotta, you know, it takes money to, to make money and takes money to do community work. It takes money to do everything. So of course that, um, you know, you want to find sustainable ways to sustain your organization. Um, you know, that requires more than just one individual, you know? Uh, so really finding and being able to work with good people who, you know, meet the need at the time, you know, um, you might you may come across somebody with a lot of passion for mental health and who really wants to to be a part of the group. But, you know, you just haven't come to that bridge, you know, where where it's mutually beneficial, you know, for for you guys to work together. So really just getting to the point where you have sustainable uh, value into the space. You have uh, recognition uh, professionally and in the community. Um, and, you know, you just you just have things going, you know, as a operation and back inside. So I guess the hardest part is the hardest part I would say would be is was finding that sustainable link and getting to the point of sustainability. Um, you know, to be a mental health advocate, doesn't take a lot of money um, to, to do programming as such. It doesn't take a lot. Um, so we were able to do a lot with the lot with the, little fruit resources that we had in the beginning. Um, but now, fortunately, we've, we've crossed the bridge of resources and partnerships and relationships that, you know, it took years uh, to be able to get to a point where it's helping in the sustainability area. So, yeah, man, to stay in focus, man, and balancing all that stuff, man. It's a lot. Yeah. I know it's a lot, and you have a and you have a family too. So having a family yes. juggling that, and then you think about the the work you're doing, it's just it's, it's very selfless. 
you know, because it's not like you're, you're putting a product out there and you're expecting you're expecting a return back. Because, I mean, what you're doing, <laughs> you're right. you don't really have people like paying you. You don't really have people like paying you on a daily basis for what you're doing. You know, you're you're providing knowledge, you know, you're giving mm-hmm. out gems, you know, you're mm-hmm. making people feel better. You're just putting out a lot of good karma, a lot of good energy out in the air for everybody that you're touching. With this deep, yeah, man. With this deep foundation, man. I'm, I'm definitely proud yeah, of you. Thank you, man. Thank came, you, man. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> came a long way, and it's dope yeah. seeing people that you've known for like five, ten years, you know, and then seeing where they are, seeing where they yeah. are now, and seeing how they progress and everything. And it's just, Same. it's just dope how one person can change the lives of so many people, and we all have the ability to change yeah. lives around us and make a positive impact on different people's lives. But sometimes yeah. we just don't know what that thing is going to be for us. But, you know, God has a plan for everybody. We all have a gift. We, add, we just yeah. got to figure out what our gift is and, yeah. and go with it and, and run. You know, that, that's yeah. my advice for <laughs> that. That's my advice for everybody, because we all have that gift. Sometimes it's just hard to figure out what it is. Yeah. We all what have it, it is, in us. You know? We all have yeah. it. Yeah. You're 100% right, man. Uh, you hit it on the head, man. You know, I, I, I say, you know, we all have a destiny, you know what I'm saying, and, and purpose, you know. But um, social depression and just being mentally fatigued, man, it kind of, you know, it can take you off of that track of looking at it and, you know, going that extra step and extra mile that it'll take to kind of get to that point, you know. Um, a lot of times you just you just want to do what's going to take to survive, you know. And, um, you know, that's that's a big part of the work is – doing, you know, what I call a shovel work of digging, you know, our community out of this mental fatigue and mental blocks that we, that society has tried to place on us, man, and just get to a better place. Um, just overall, man, I'll be releasing my first book this year. Uh, oh, congratulations, bro. In the fall, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. You know, just, uh, you know, the, the concept is going to be to, to really push and, and establish this concept of social depression. Uh, which is just mental fatigue of society and illustrate that through my life story, what's happened for me from a child and my mother and, you know, just, um, you know, show how society plays a major factor in how we feel emotionally and mentally. Um, and everything isn't solely about mental illness, right. Uh, which is a big part of it, but another big part of it is mental fatigue, yes. you know, and um, you know, how that impacts us. Oh, man, I love everything you just said. Yeah, you just said so much. So first thing is, I'm going to have to uh, put my bid in now. It's, it's February 11th. So my man, when that book's about to come out, got to get you back on the pod so we can talk about the oh, book. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm trying to be the, oh, one of the yeah. first people to talk to you about it, too. You know, we've had some people come back to the oh, pod. And 100%. I'm, I'm always appreciative, you know, when I have people, you know, come back because we've had like over over 50 guests. About to have uh, 100 episodes uh, at 96 now. So when yours comes out, it'll be at least like 98, 98, yeah. 97. So looking look, looking forward to you coming back to the pod to talk about the book. Um, nice, nice. That mental fatigue, yeah, that that's mental right. fatigue factor is, is big. And I think that's a phrase that needs to be said a lot more because mental illness is real. You know, a lot of us go through depression and, and, you know, anxiety and stuff. And I never really thought mm-hmm. I had anxiety until like a few years ago. Just shit just happens with life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just take it right. different ways and, and, you know, different ways of coping with it and everything. And that whole mental fatigue factor, like we talked about this earlier a little bit uh, growing up and 
and not our parents not really talking to us so much about mental health and mental fatigue. You know, in these last few years, how many black people have we watched die on, on social media? That, that's mental fatigue. You know what I mean? Like, that's even though we're watching it and like, we're not directly being affected, like that's not somebody that we know. That's still a bad image and, you know, bad things that we're inhaling into ourselves. And potentially that could mm-hmm. be us. You know what I mean? Right, wrong place, oh, sure. wrong place, wrong time. That's the you know what I mean? Pressure. Yeah, that pressure. 100%. Yeah, that uh, you know that pressure and everything. So it's yeah, that mental yes. thing. That's yeah. that's a that's phrase. Pressure, man. That's yeah. pressure, man. I yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, that that's a phrase that needs to be. Yeah, no, needs I, to be yeah, I, I agree. So much more. I agree with you, man. Yeah, you know, and it's. it's being of the community, you just know what's what's missing, you know. And it's not something that I that I came up with. It's just an area of focus that I chose to go into. Um, and the social depression concept um, is something that I created in a sense to try to to get our get us. And when I say us, I'm honestly talking about real niggas, right? Real niggas who come through different situations, different environments, and who aren't being spoken to to get us to understand that it's there are a lot of things that have impacted us that we really had no control over but regaining yes. control getting back on our ships to happiness and fulfillment and doing getting to the point where we have enough not even just mental fortitude but we have um we're in a good mental space to where we can go that extra step and mile and do what it's going to take to get us over the bridge of social depression and over the barriers, the social barriers that have been placed to keep us on this side of social depression and, um, you know, really just live fulfilled lives. Hey, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Uh, hold on just a second. So yeah. nah, but yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a real big piece when you think about it all. Um, I know, I don't know if this is like a, like a, a, a sore thing, if you don't mind me like asking about this at all, like, with your mom, like growing up yeah. at all, or just before everything happened, did she ever seek counseling or that was something like, and did you ever seek counseling like before that? Or was it something that when that situation happened, that's when you decided like, hey, you know, I'm going to try to take control of this and like help more people, but also go for myself too. Um, so to answer again, the first part, uh, she, we had sought her a level of um, I can't remember if it was counseling or therapy or if it was um, just straight like psychiatric uh, crises prevention. Um, she she wasn't she didn't to to me, you know, again, being 19, being young, show signs of being suicidal, um, you know, towards towards the end of her life. Uh, you know, she could be happy and then she could be very emotional um, you know, and, and kind of a pendulum. So there was clearly a level of mental distress there. Um, no understanding of how to utilize resources or when to use resources or anything like that. Um, so, you know, she, she went through a lot of isolation in her time and yeah, she, she just, we didn't, we weren't able to, to get her the right help that she needed during that time. Um, you know, again, me still being 19 at the time, I didn't directly immediately seek counseling. Um, fortunately, I have a, a good support system of aunties and women around my life and, you know, people who uh, 
who cared for me, you know, in that time. So I, I was able to get the emotional support that I felt that I needed. Um, moved to college, you know, had a fresh kind of want to say so I had a lot to focus and live for you know where I just saying that I had a lot to live for and that um that you know I was just just in a good ah. space and I was just you know just really trying to focus in on getting to a good point cut um, out again can you hear me now you, you cut out again like right when you started saying it um but but yeah again just saying that I, I had something to live for I had a, a newfound passion um of just you know of being a different person I stopped playing basketball which was a huge part of my life um, and really just uh, decided to just start to be, you know, to do something different, be known for something different, uh, join the fraternity, you know, just did the whole college thing. Um, and it wasn't until, again, years later that I, that I figured that this was the route for me going into mental health and wellness. Yeah. Nice. That's, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. Support system is big. So if you're not going to therapy, it's – look for that support system or hopefully you have a support system. Cause if not, then maybe you yeah. should go. If you don't have a, if you don't have a support system, it's nice having those strong black women in your life <laughs> that hold it down. They're the strongest yeah. of them all. <laughs> I, I yeah, definitely, they really are. I definitely yeah. tell you that they, they, they definitely go through the most. What are some things that you would tell somebody that's looking to start their own foundation? Oh, that's a good question. Um, actually, I, I help a few people, um, you know, get their organizations off the ground because somebody has to help me, you know, to to an extent. So mm-hmm. um, tips that I would say for somebody who wants to start a nonprofit or a foundation, um, one, find, you know, know your mission, have a, a solid mission. Um, you know, even if you can't articulate it into words, into your statement yet, you know, you'll cross that bridge. Or just have a solid mission. Have something that you genuinely at heart want to attack and approach and, you know, prevent or, you know, aid in, whatever the case is. Um, then I say, uh, you know, start thinking about how you're going to achieve those goals. You know, don't wait until after you've, you know, got all of your 501 and all that, all your legal stuff done. You know, start thinking about that stuff now. Uh, for me, um, the product really came before uh before the nonprofit did you know um i wanted to start the what we call the you're not alone fellowship group or ynA fellowship this is a student led organization um i run it at local hbcus uh the, they they do mental health and and awareness programming and they're just they're just there to be a culture of support all student led and ran um so you know that concept and idea and wanting to do that came much before the foundation, um, you know, we, we had already really got started going before I got it. So just have, have something you want to do and don't be afraid to start doing it before you get all your legal stuff done. Um, and then just be unique, you know, be as unique as you possibly can be. Um, you know, it's, there are a lot of ways to build in the resources that you need to be successful um, in the nonprofit world. So, be ethical and be resourceful and be unique in your, whatever your approaches are to uh, sustaining what you're trying to do. Word, ethical, resourceful, and unique. You hear that guys? You're looking to start your foundation. Those are the three pillars. Get on my man D Wood. (laughs) Right. He'll get you right. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. um, I love, I love that you're helping out the youth. You're helping out everybody. 
tell us a little bit more about the YNA Fellowship. Yeah. Um, so YNA Fellowship, again, stands for the You're Not Alone Fellowship. This is really mirrored and slightly emulated from uh, my childhood experiences. So growing up, uh, my mother was in recovery. Um, so uh, we went to a lot of Narcotic Anonymous meetings with her growing up because, I mean, you know, not being able to afford child care. Mm-hmm. So these meetings, just like your standard meeting, you can imagine coming in, people sharing stories, you know, getting chips, etc. But we went to Black, you know, it was it was just so cultured. And, you know, they, they did the same things, of course, have the share the meeting, you know, have, you know, do all of those bases. But on a Friday night, they might move the, the chairs and, you know, clear it out and have the dance. Right. Hmm. And have, you know, people playing dominoes, all of these 90 things that's happening in the night. You can imagine the 90s party, all hmm. that stuff happening, but without any drugs or any alcohol, you know, um, just people just hanging out and in the sake of fellowship, you know, and a lot of people who my mother supported throughout her life, people who were her friends and supported her and people I call un-uncle to this day are people she met in what we call the fellowship. Hmm. So uh, I wanted to emulate that in the mental health space, that same what I call a culture of support, uh, you know, it being peer led. Is it's just it just intensifies intensifies the relatability component, so people receive the message better. Um, and you know, students are students are just enticing one to do it. One of the uh, the groups are right now. Um, they are in nomination to win student group of the year, and if they do win it, this will be the second time that they won it in the last three years. So you know, Fire. it's it's growing on people for sure. <laughs> That's dope, yes. man. Making an impact, yeah. making an impact, all, uh, making yeah. an impact all around. Uh, I know you definitely been making an impact because not that long ago, I know you were, you bit, you were awarded with something. I can't remember what it was called. I I, try, I meant to write it down, but I didn't get a chance to. I know you had posted it on on uh, Instagram. It was like you, uh-huh. a couple of the guys. You were like on a magazine or what was it? Oh. Man, 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 look, I, not not to sound vain, but it's man, it's been so much, so many things that, that I've been that I've been on, man. I literally just did an interview uh two days ago for a news station that's gonna be that's in Beijing. They air in Beijing and in DC. Oh, wow. I mean, all eyes are good eyes to me, you know, so I took the interview, but you know, I mean shit, that's that's I mean, that's totally off, you know, I feel like it was something I feel like it was something Austin related though. Yeah, definitely. So, I can't remember so what like, it was. And um, at least as far as awards go, that were you recognized to me, we were uh, we got a proclamation um, recognizing July as Minority Mental Health Month, which it, it already is, but um, identifying it here in Austin uh, in honor of my mother. And awesome. so that proclamation is a city proclamation that that'll stand the test of time. Um, we part we bridged that with uh, the first national minority mental health rally and celebration. Um, it's never happened before in honor of that. So so yeah, we got a lot of recognition, man, and um, and just visibility from doing that stuff. And man, newspaper, you know, articles, and just man, just 
so many heaven sent options. So uh, that that might be linked to what you're referring to. I, I think so. That that's my yeah. bad because, like I said, we we've been trying to do this for a minute, and I remember no, you're good. It was one of the days that we were gonna do it, and I saw it, and I was like, okay, I'll remember. And I just, I didn't write it down, man. So I don't I don't, I don't remember what it is. Yeah, y'all, but... you're good. And what's gonna happen next time we meet meet when I come back, you'll remember, and we'll talk yeah. about it then. That's probably what's gonna happen because I felt like you just put it on your story, and it was just yeah, like, and there it and just gone. gone. I tried to go and back and gone. go look for it earlier, and I was like, damn. Well, oh well. I'm sure he'll remember, yeah. but you did. Yeah, and I don't. Knocking I'm stuff sure. out, winning awards <laughs> like crazy. I see I'm you. sorry, man. I'm I trying to win some, some real awards out here, man, you know, and get to it, man. You know, it's delayed gratification, and this work is is the name of the game. So, you know, God God sees it all, and he's, you know, taking it all in in, the, in his book. So you just keep doing it, and everything will come to you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So – Everybody that comes on the show, not sure if you heard the pod, but we always ask everybody, who are the top five rappers? So we tell everybody, try not to include dead, because we already uh, know the dead dudes are nice. You know, we already know the Nipsies and the, 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 okay. and the Pox. We already know they're cold. So, so don't, uh, so don't. Yeah, don't even, dead. don't even include okay. dead. But I mean, if you want to add more after, that's cool. And I don't know okay. if it's going to be five to one or one to five or is this out uh, of order? However you want to do it, bro. But see, for me, how 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 long deceased do they have to be? Because I feel like Nipsey oh, can still be dude. added because he just I, he died. just died. Yeah, I feel that, bro. I feel that. I've been adding his name like, in there because like, he is gone now too. He, yeah, I feel know, that. So if you want to conclude him, that's cool. I just mentioned him because okay. he wasn't here. But yeah, that's cool. Okay. Okay. So I I have to definitely go Nip first. Um, I mean, he transitioned a lot for me mentally and everything. Um, another <laughs> deceased individual. I have to go, Young Dolph, um, mm. as my number two. He he, listen to some people. You know, it just it kind of gives you it builds your character. You know, if you're listening to the right stuff, you know, um, it can help build your confidence. Whatever the case is, you know, Sean music in general. Now I feel right. like Big Sean be doing that for me. Like I I hear a lot of stuff he says. And I'm like, damn, I need to write this down. Nah, for real, right. I know exactly for what real, you mean, no, bro. For real. Exactly. For real, what you, you know. Mean. And if you listen to the right stuff, it's going to make you carry yourself different. You know, it just gives you a different approach. So those two guys, um, I got to throw Wiz Khalifa on there because mm. Wiz just gives you that mellow peace, you know, side to you. Just dropped um, the so album gotta, with Juicy J today, actually. Yeah, I'm going to listen to it as you, as you just said. It, it, it slapped, bro. It's like 35 minutes. It, it, it has that Juicy J feel on it. Those Juicy J, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's straight, bro. It's straight. I like I, I like Juicy, Juicy J. J style beats. So yeah. I love them. I love them. Okay, so that's three. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other two is going to be tough, man. Um, I, I'm into – I'm definitely into, like, not drill, but I, I'm into trap music. I'm into to authentic. So I, I have to throw Kevin Gates on there. Okay. For sure. Um, and then I'll undisputable. I mean, you gotta throw Cole in there. Oh, you know, you gotta throw Cole. And he that's that's really no particular order besides Nip at number one. <laughs> I feel that. You know, you gotta you got you definitely have a unique five for sure, for sure. <laughs> I like it though. And it might not be everybody's five, but you know. No, uh, hey, and like like yeah. I said, it's your top five. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what <laughs> anybody else says. These are your people. These are the people that you're listening to. It doesn't matter what I think. Right, you know, and it's not all time. You know, a few of them I say all time. I don't know. I'm not throwing Kevin as 
as the greatest all time rapper. It's how but he makes you me, feel, though. Currently, and you know, from this point, he, I, you know, I, I fuck with it. So I throw Kevin in there right now. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean, bro. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. There's yeah. a lot of good music out there. A lot of good music. Yeah. Well, a I, lot of crappy music. No, oh, yeah, a lot of crappy music. But the cool thing <laughs> Not about to it is anybody's crap. Nah, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, There's some know. stuff that yeah. sounds like shit. Uh, but <laughs> when you when you think about it though, with the streaming era now though, bro, you can really just stay in a lane and only listen to stuff that you want to listen to. You're not forced to For you sure. know, listen to the radio and hear For sure. 30 songs you don't want to hear and then hear like eight that you like. You know, so right. we're in a <laughs> way different. Oh uh, well, yeah, we're we're in a way different era than what we are now. I can imagine like 10 years from now, Drake's gonna make an album. And he gonna tell people like, hey, you know, you pay a hundred dollars, you can hear half of it now, and then when it comes out mm-hmm. in six months, you can hear the rest. And I'm sure people are gonna do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. with this whole NFT, the whole NFT thing now, it's just mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. booming, bro. It's just booming. Hey, yeah, it's changing. Hey, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. So let me ask you this. So you mentioned streams, right? You see some of these rappers and just musicians in general are hitting some of the like most like all-time records not even just including strings but like all-time records that include the strings as well broke up a little bit mm-hmm. you, oh no way so you said I, I heard what you said about the uh you know you talking about the artists breaking records including records that involves strings what mm-hmm. do you so what do you think like do you think that takes away from the old school rappers like the nodders and the dmx's no, I don't I don't think it takes away from that because like like my man Jada said, uh how I say the hottest shit, but I'll be selling the least. You cannot sell anything, but you can still have like the hardest stuff though. And then yeah, they're yeah. kind of at an advantage now because you think about back in the day, like it was just one hard copy. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. count YouTube, they didn't count all these different <laughs> streaming services, they didn't count. I mean, they counted if you sold and it seems like vinyls have came back now too. You know, they sell vinyls yeah. for somebody that you like, and that vinyl is going to be like 60 to like $100 for an album yeah. that's only really 10 bucks. So I don't think it takes away from the old school people, because if you got some shit that's hot, it's going to stand the test of time. Like it's Illmatic so brought up Nas. Illmatic still goes hard. And he made that when he yeah. was 19, bro. Woo. 19. Like the shit he was yes. talking about on Illmatic at 19, it's like, bro, come on. Right. Some stuff's just right. going to stand the test of time. Talked about yeah. uh, earlier. There's a lot of crappy music. That mm-hmm. music isn't gonna be here tomorrow. It's like here today, gone tomorrow. It's that microwave TikTok yeah. era. They're trying to get this yeah. cash, get in and out. Hopefully, invest it. Don't blow it. Yeah, so, right, right. Like when Cole was talking about little pump on that uh, on that fall off yeah. or whatever. It's just like, hey man, <laughs> you better Don't buy a crib. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? They call dirty, can't. man. He ain't doing like that, man. Well, nah, nah he know, did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but he did, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm glad. Yes, sir. You finally got this knocked out. I appreciate you. Yes, on, man. Thank you so much. You've been a Thank great you. guest. You got any closing words for the people out there? Um, Now's the time. The, man, just you know, just you know, stay focused, stay faithful, and you know, um, you know, each day of life is another day opportunity. So you know, if you didn't bounce you know everything one for you today tomorrow is a whole new day of opportunity and chance and you know you never know what's in store for you so keep keep living to for purpose and you know keep looking for fulfillment and just be at peace with yourself and everybody around you seek serenity 
And, you know, I appreciate you again, bro, for, for having me on, man. And, you know, again, it's been a while. I apologize, man. So I'm glad you, you know, you stuck to it, man. I'm glad we got this done. Me too. Me too. Appreciate you, yeah. bro. Oh, we-